Hey, Drew Dixon, back with you for another Bible Thump. Uh, hope you're doing well. Hope you're having a great uh, weekend, uh, or as your weekend's coming to a close, that it was great. Uh, but what we do in these Bible Thumps is we open the Bible and we look for some encouragement. So we've been in First Peter. Uh, we've been looking at how um, this book has a lot to say about who we are, about our identity in Christ, uh, about how Jesus gives us this... Um, Everyone who chooses to follow him, Jesus restores uh, dignity to us. Um, I was going to say he gives us this dignity, but really it's a restoration of the dignity which we were already given in our creation. So God created us in his image. He made us um, to reflect his goodness, his glory. And of course, like we've, we've messed that image up with our own foolish living, our own poor choices, our own um, just like selfishness, right? And the good news of the gospel, or part of the good news of the gospel— a huge element of why the gospel is good news is this reality that Jesus restores who we were intended to be. He takes us and reshapes our hearts, reshapes our minds, reshapes our thinking, reshapes our behavior so that it fits in line with his kingdom. And so Jesus is in the business of bringing the kingdom of God where God's reign and rule are perfectly experienced, where God's, um, you know, God's justice is experienced perfectly, where God's justice is established that realm of heaven where God is got through Jesus, God is bringing that realm down to impact and affect our world and our lives. Um, and so then much of the Bible, especially the New Testament, is dedicated to this idea of like, well, what would that look like? If Christ's reign, if his kingship was expressed in the world, what, what would that look like? Um, and so we get lots of tastes of that in the Gospels, don't we? Lots of little glimmers of what it might look like if Jesus' reign, if Jesus really was king, if Jesus was president. <laughs> That's like a stupid thing to say. But if Jesus was president of the United States, what would it look like? Well, well the Gospels give us a little bit of an indication of what that would look like. It would look like um, people being healed of horrible, debilitating illnesses. It would look like water being turned into wine. It would look like um, blind men seeing for the first time. It would look like uh, adulterous women finding freedom and realizing that they actually are loved by God. It would mean um, people who are broken and separated from one another, like Samaritans and Jews, coming together and loving each other and living in harmony. Those are all things we see in the Gospels. Um, we see Jesus doing in the Gospels, it would mean um, that the poor in spirit are actually blessed, right? Um, so those are all pictures of what of what Jesus' kingdom, I think, looks like. This plan that God has established to resurrect and renew uh, not only broken people, but our broken world, and remake it and renew it into this new heavens and new earth. So that reality... I think this reality, this idea of how the good news, how I framed it, um, how I framed that sounds really arrogant, but but this idea of, of the good news is in Peter's mind, I think, as he's writing and talking about identity. In light of these new realities that Jesus has established, in light of the fact that Jesus has brought heaven to earth, not completely, but has brought it to bear on, on our world and changed it and set it on a new trajectory that's waiting final fulfillment. We haven't met that day when when life is like it was when you were around Jesus. We haven't met that day yet when God's reign and rule will be perfectly established, where the poor in spirit really will be blessed, where the dead 
really will be raised to new life. Um, we're not there yet. We're in this weird already not yet period where we know this promise is coming. We know this new heavens and new earth is coming. We know this day of resurrection and renewal is coming. Um, and we've tasted it now. We've experienced it now through through Jesus. We've experienced it and tasted it, but we're not anywhere near there yet. And so what do we do now? How do we live in the meantime? Well, we live like that kingdom really is true, like Jesus really is king. We live like it. So we create, and when we live like it, we create pockets where um, Jesus's kingdom desires and values and rule is expressed and experienced. Um, So an example of that would be in your home, like if you're really dedicated to Jesus, you're creating, hopefully you're creating this home environment where your children feel loved and protected and valued and they feel like they have dignity. Um, if, if your marriage is, is centered on the good news about Jesus, then you create this, this relationship, this marriage, where each spouse feels loved and dignified and protected and cared for and valued, right? Um, and so, uh, yeah, let's, Peter's going to give us a few, a, a new way, one simple, real, one really simple way we can express the kingdom values of Jesus in this, this holding period that we're in. This already not yet period, this waiting period where we're waiting for the day of, of final resurrection and renewal. So what now? What do we do now? All right, Peter's going to tell us a few things. Remember, he just talked about how we're a holy nation, a royal priesthood, a people for God's own possession. Um, he's set this, this beautiful, dignified future for us as individuals, but also as a community of those who are trusting and following Jesus, right? Okay, so here's what he says. Um, I'm going to read uh, chapter 2 of 1 Peter, starting in verse 9, but really we're going to focus on... Um, Chapter 2, verses 11 through 17. All right, so here's what he says. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for his own possession. So you may proclaim the praises of the one who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people. You had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as strangers and exiles to abstain from the sinful desires that wage war against the soul. Conduct yourselves honorably among the Gentiles. So when they slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and glorify God on the day he visits. Submit to every human authority because of the Lord, whether to the emperor as the supreme authority or to his governors as those sent out by him to punish those who do what is evil and praise those who do what is good. For it is God's will that you should silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good. Submit as free people, not using your freedom as a cover-up for evil, but as God's slaves. Honor everyone. Love the brothers and sisters. Fear God. Honor the emperor. All right, so what's going on here? Um, Peter, again, is framing, um, he's framed who we are. That He's already done that. He's framed who we are in Jesus. We're this new priesthood. We're this royal priesthood, this holy nation, a people for his own possession. And we've been given this beautiful and dignified task of proclaiming the praises of Jesus to the world. Proclaiming how great and wonderful and beautiful the gospel is. uh, Proclaiming how great and beautiful and awesome Jesus is. Okay, so we have this new purpose and this new identity. Now what? (laughs) And it's really interesting that after he's He's cast this vision of who we are as this royal priesthood, this holy nation. Like, ah, oh, it's just, it's so amazing and beautiful and would have given so much hope and, and, and purpose to people. And then he says, all right, here's what I want you to do. Um, fight your sinful desires and conduct yourselves honorably. Like, just be a decent person. 
amongst the Gentiles. We talked a bit about that last week. So the people slander you as evildoers, they will observe your good works and glorify God in the day of visitation. He's saying if you will just be like a little bit like Jesus, and hopefully we'd strive to be more than just a little bit like Jesus, but if you'll strive to be like Jesus, people will see that and it will impact them and they'll want to follow Jesus. I think that's what he's saying. But here's maybe even more surprising is what he says next. Then he says, submit to every human authority because of the Lord. Um, and he gives some examples. He's not just saying like any old authority, but the authorities that, you know, God is ultimately God has placed in our lives. But he says, here's some examples of some authorities you should, you should submit to the emperor as the supreme authority or to governors, those who sent out by him to punish those who do what is evil and praise those who do what is good. For it is God's will that you should silence the ignorance of foolish people by doing good. Um, so you see what he's saying is, um, generally speaking, now there's examples in history where this is not the case. Okay, but generally speaking, human authorities and institutions um, punish evil and, um, and praise those who do what is good. Um, now there's plenty, listen, there's plenty of examples of leaders who did not do that. But in general, in general, in general, catch me, hear me say that, okay? In general, what should we do with the human authorities in our lives? Well, we should honor them and obey them. So he goes on to say, um, honor everyone, verse 17, honor everyone, love the brothers and sisters, fear God, honor the emperor. Now, as we read those, we should, one should stick out, should stand out to us a little bit, right? Uh, what should we do with our emperor? Honor him. Um, honor everyone. Uh, love the brothers and sisters. Um, but who, how should we respond to God? Well, we should, we should fear him. So there's a different level of reverence we give to God. So, so here's, here's how you should respond to the rules and regulations and govern, gov, governors and, and um, uh, other civic authorities uh, that God's placed in your lives. You should, you should obey them and honor them and hold them in respect. That's part of how we live out our new identity in Jesus is just by honoring those authorities in our lives. It's not very radical, is it? I mean, maybe it is. And I want to be really clear. This isn't to say that you shouldn't have a voice about governance, that you shouldn't stand up when you feel like a political leader is doing something um, wrong or evil or something that diminishes another person's uh, dignity or personhood. Speak up against those things. This isn't to say don't have a voice, but this is to say um, followers of Jesus should be those who honor leaders. Now we have a different level of respect for God. So if a leader is telling you, is commanding you, is trying to enforce a law that would that would force you to disobey God and disregard his um what you know to be right before God, then then that's a time for civil disobedience, right? If if you're being commanded to um, to do something evil, if you're being forced to do something evil, you should stand up against it. Uh, and so we've seen lots of examples of ways Christians have done that in really good and healthy ways. Uh, we could look at the civil rights movement. Um, we could look at uh, plenty of other examples throughout throughout history. Um, opposition to the slave trade. These are all great examples of times that Christians stood up and said, that's not right, and opposed uh, their governing authorities uh, in ways that I think actually reflect the gospel and reflect the goodness uh, of Jesus. Um, 
But uh, yeah, this is a really simple uh, week in terms of, of, of what we're called to do. Here's a really simple way you can embody the values of Christ and his kingdom right now. Um, you could just be more respectful in the way that you talk about the authorities in your life. If you regularly slam and rip uh, into politicians uh, and governing authorities uh, constantly, maybe you need to rethink that, you know? You follow what I'm saying? Like, all that is a reflection of, of what, who we are and what we value. How does how you speak uh, reflect who you are and what you value? It isn't that you shouldn't speak up uh, boldly sometimes about the evils that certain groups or politicians or governing authorities are, are, pro- are promoting or perpetuating. You should. But be wise. Be careful how you speak, how you interact. Um, live an honorable life among the Gentiles. Why? Because we want them to see um, the true honor and dignity that's offered them in the gospel and the good news about Jesus. Make sense? Hope it does. Hope this encourages you. Uh, hope you see yourself as a kingdom person living in this kingdom and the already not yet awaiting this day of final redemption and hope that that gives you purpose and dignity and, and direction and how you do life, um, how you talk all the things that you do. Thanks for your time. We'll see you again next week.